You know, there's um, several problems in our world today. Uh, there are several problems here, even in America. As Americans, one of the greatest problems, we can list all kinds of problems, but one of the greatest problems is every single year, less and less Americans are believing in God. That is a problem. When we are founded on this, you know, Christian values, and a lot of times people say, hey, we're such a Christian nation, every single year, less and less people are believing there is a God. And that is a problem for us as a church to figure out how do we share Jesus, how do we solve that problem. However, majority of Americans believe that there is an afterlife. They do believe there is a heaven. In fact, just as many people who believe there is a heaven believe that they're going to heaven. For instance, if I ask you today, are you going to heaven? You would probably have an answer to that pretty quickly, and then you would tell me why you actually are going to heaven. Well, the majority of people believe, even if they don't believe there's a God, they believe there's an afterlife. They believe there is a heaven, there is a destination, and the majority of the people believe that they are going there. However, the big debate is how? Isn't there multiple ways to heaven? Isn't there multiple different religions to heaven? Isn't there multiple systems? I mean, there's gotta be another way or just not just one way to get there. And so many people wanted to debate, they believe they're going there, they believe there is one, and this is across the world, but they believe differently on how they actually get there. As a pastor, a lot of times I deal with people, they fall kind of into one or two of the camps. One, you have a group of people who believe, you know what, that I'm not perfect, but I'm good enough. And I believe that because I am good and I do good things, I'm a good person, and you know, I'm a pretty decent person, I'm a moral person, that because I'm pretty good, obviously then I'll, I'll get to go to heaven. But on the other side of that camp is another group of people that I run into, and they believe they will never be good enough. Pastor, you don't know where I've come from. You don't know what I've tried. You don't know what I've said. You don't know what I've done. You don't know my past. You don't know my, my history. And because that I carry guilt, I carry shame, that I'm never good enough. In fact, if you push people back into a corner a little bit, and you would ask them, do you believe that all your sins are forgiven? There's probably one. There's probably one incident, one moment, one thing that you would even question. You're like, yeah, I believe so, but man, I just don't know about, and you would say that. And that one specific, whatever that might be in your life, is the one that maybe brings the most guilt for you or the most shame for you. Even as you say, I believe there is a God, you still carry that guilt or that shame because of that, that one. And I don't even have to ask you what that one is because it probably instantly just came to your mind because it's still the one that makes you go, I, 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 yeah, I, I hope that, I think I'm good enough. I think me and God were cool on that. I think I have been forgiven. So what I would like to do for the next few moments is to take that thought, right? I'm good enough, you know, to get to the place that you call heaven. But then I want to speak also to the person here or watching at, at our Grayson Church or here at the Moore location or online to say, hey, I don't think I will ever be good enough. Because every time I try maybe to read my Bible or come to church, I slip back and I say the same things. I, I do the same things. I looked at the same thing. I relapsed and went back to the same place. And I just don't think that I will ever be good enough to get to that place, that destination called heaven. Because the majority of you probably here today or watching, you believe there's a heaven. And probably the majority of you even believe that you're getting there. But how? How do you know that you're on the right track? How do you know which way? How do you know which one that you should follow? So I wanna take a moment, I wanna speak first to the group of people who believe that, hey, I am good enough. You know, I, 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 I'm, I'm better than you, but you are better than me. 
So I'm kind of in between. I'm not like the best, holiest saint there is. I'm not an angel, but I'm not a hellion. I'm not as bad as you, but I'm not as good as you, but I'm in the middle. I'm a pretty decent person. You know, I don't, I don't, I don't be mean to people. I'm be honest at work. I look like I have integrity. I, you know, I, I, I don't think I'm too bad of a person. Surely that I will get to go to heaven. You know, most of us, we know, he, he just ran for president uh, recently last year, but Michael Bloomberg, one of the wealthiest people on the face of the planet, um, he's a billionaire, and Michael Bloomberg said this several years ago, and I quote his exact statement. Here's what he says. I, I'm telling you, if there is a God, when I get to heaven, I am not stopping to be interviewed. I am heading straight in. I have earned my place in heaven. It's not even close. And see, that's a picture of a lot of people's mentality. If there is a God, I don't know if there is a God or not, but there is a heaven. And when I get there, I'm not stopping to be interviewed by him and say, tell me what you did wrong, tell me what you did good. I have earned it. I have to, I'm gonna bypass the interview and I'm going straight through the pearly gates and no one's stopping me. Why? Because I have earned it. And see, I know when we, and he, that's what most Americans think. He just was bold enough to say it. I don't know if there's a God, but man, when I get to heaven, I've been pretty good. Yeah, I mean, take out the middle school and the high school years, but besides that, I've been pretty good. I'm a pretty good person. So I deserve heaven. I deserve to go there. So the question I want to ask you is, do, do good people go to heaven? Is that where good people go? And if you would just take a moment and break that down, I mean, I mean, you think about it, I'm going to heaven because really I'm, I'm a pretty good person. Surely God wouldn't limit that, right? Surely there has to be many systems and many ways to get to heaven. Why? Because good people go to heaven. If you're a good Christian, you go to heaven. If you're a good Jew, you go to heaven. If you're a good Catholic, you go to heaven. If you're a good Mormon, you go to heaven. If you're a good Muslim, you go to heaven. Why? Because good people go to heaven. Now, what does a good Muslim, a good a Catholic, or a good Jew, or a good Mormon, or a good Christian all have in common? What's the common denominator? For some of you would say, well, it's their faith. Well, faith is not the common denominator. Maybe it's the worship style. No, trust me, they worship differently. Different worship styles. Maybe, maybe it's the same God. They don't even worship the same God. So that's not even the common denominator. Like there's just this one God. They have, there's multiple little G gods that people want to worship. Maybe they have the same belief system. They don't even have the same belief system on how to get to heaven. You know what the common denominator around across all religion? Goodness. If you are good, you will go to heaven. I had this conversation once with a Muslim friend. And he said, basically, he looked at me and he said this. He says, I have a good angel who sits on one side and, a, and another angel that sits on the other side. Everything that I do bad, one angel writes down. Everything that I do good, the other angel writes down. And one day when I meet Allah and when I get to heaven, I hope and pray that my good outweighs my bad. I said, how do you know? He said, I don't until I get there. And I sit there and I was amazed like, this is the common denominator amongst all religions is that good people, whether you're a good Jew, good Mormon, uh, a good Catholic, good Christian, you feel them like, if you're good, then you get to go to heaven. Because that's what good people, I mean, if you think about it, 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 just, it, it just fits, you know, what God is. If there's a good God, he will let good people into a good heaven. Folks, if I ask you if you're going to heaven, you would say something like, well, I believe in God or I believe in Jesus, and then you would go and you would tell me on how good you are. 
Like for instance, do you go to heaven? Yeah, I believe in God. I go to church every Sunday. I'll read my Bible every now and then. When the bucket drops by, I drop a 20 in every now and then. I, I, I don't, I'm nice to people. Sometimes I buy groceries for somebody or I'll pray for them. You see, automatically you would say, I believe in God or I believe in Jesus. And then you would begin to tell me of the things you do. Why? Because I want to know, people know I'm a good person. I'm a good Christian. I'm a moral person. I try to do the right thing. Do you see that? We, we already say those things, even in the midst of thinking, I think I'm good and hopefully that I will get to heaven. And you would even say, you know, I, I know I'm not perfect, but surely that I'm going to get there. Right? For instance, don't raise your hand. Are there any bad people in here? Right? I want all the bad people to stand up. Honey, he's talking to you. <laughs> I mean, you know, like, I mean, you're like, no, why? Because you don't want to think you're a bad person. I'm, I'm pretty decent. I'm, I'm pretty good. And there's some advantages of believing this. If you believe that all good people go to heaven, good Jews, good Christians, good Mormons, you fill in the blank, good Muslims, good. If all good people have all crossed all good religions, if all good people go to heaven, that's a good philosophy. It's advantage to believe in that. Why? It's a fair system. It's fair. You're bad, you go there. You're good, you go there. It's fair. Should be a fair system. Here's another thing about this, believe in this. You'll make the cut. And the reason why you make the cut, because you made the system. So surely you will make the cut. It motivates you to be good, right? If good people go to heaven, I want to go to heaven. I don't know about you. I don't want to go to hell, so surely I want to go to heaven. So it motivates me to be a good person, good, upstanding, moral person, right? Because good people go to heaven, I mean, it also is very consistent with the idea if God is good and created this great place where there's no more cancer, no more tears, no more sickness, no more you know, death of loved ones dying, hey, I wanna go there. But when you just think about it, it makes so much common sense that the average person don't even take a moment to examine those statements, that good people go to heaven. So let's just examine that just for a moment because there's some problems with that philosophy. And if you're here watching, are you here today, and you think I'm pretty good, therefore I should go? Here's some problems with you believing that. One of the problems is there's no clear standard of what's good and bad. Like what is your standard of what's good and what's bad, and how do you check your progress in life? How do you do that? Because what some of you say, well, grab the Bible. The Bible's a standard. <laughs> this is way too high of a standard for us. What's the standard of knowing if you're good or bad? Like, who pulls you across the side of the line when you're 20 and go, okay, hey, you know, you're, you're, you're kind of behind. You've got to start getting good enough. You've got to start getting better in life. Like, what's the standard? How do you know? And how do you know if you're brought? I mean, I looked at this guy. He looked at me and says, I don't know until I get there if I'm even going to make it there. Wow. Will that motivate you every day to be the best that you could be if you believe in heaven and you want to go to heaven? There's a problem with that. We don't know the progress. We don't know the standard of what's good, what's bad. For instance, leads to the second problem. What's the grading scale? I really never did well on a grading scale. I don't know about you, right? I tell my boys, I said, kids, listen to me. Daddy never made a B one time. Never made a B. Never made an A either, but I never made a B. <laughs> what's the grading scale? I'm always hoping, like everybody scored low, so the curve would include me, right? That was my hope. That's how I try to get through school. But what's the grading scale? An A, a B? Is 70% good, good enough? Or as long as you have 51%, if you're half, if you're 1% over half of all you live is good, then you'll make it. Like, what's the grading scale? I'm not being mean, I'm asking you. For you who believe that you are good enough to get to heaven, 
What is the grading scale? And how do you know if you're going to make it there? And if you're sitting here based on, well, I'm better than him, but I'm not as good as her, I'm somewhere in between, surely I'll make it. I mean, think about it. It makes so much common sense that no one just asked the question, how do you know? It would be like a teacher standing in the first day of class of your semester in college and say, hey, I'm so glad you picked our class today. Here's how this is going to work. At the end of the school year, I'm going to give you a test. But between now and then, we're not going to open up any textbooks. We're not going to go through any notes. And I'm not going to tell you what's on the test. If you, it's going to be a pass or fail. There's no in-between. You even pass it or you fail it. And if you fail it, you have to repeat the class. See you at the end of semester. Some of you are thinking, I have that teacher now. <laughs> you know, like, like I have. Think about that. As a student, what would you do? Well, how do I know if I pass? How do I know what's on the exam? How do I study for it? How do I know the progress? You would say what? That's not fair. But to say that good people go to heaven, it's not fair. Because where, where, where's the fairness at? How, where's the scale? What's the measuring rod? Where's the stick? Where's the plumb line? How do you know if you're heading in that right direction? It'd be like an employer to come as you, as you hire and say, we do 90-day evaluations. Awesome, great. Well, I'm going to be a valuable one. I'll tell you in 90 days. Well, how do I know if I'm doing what you want me to do? How do I know if I'm good enough to be an employee here? How do I know if I know if I hit the pay scale so I could keep moving up in the business? You're not telling me. Sorry. You're like, that's not fair. Why are you holding me accountable to something I don't even know what the measuring rod is? I don't even know what the requirements. And how do I even know that I'm good enough. You see, the main issue with this, if you're here today, if you're watching and you believe that you're a pretty good person, just like Michael Bloomberg, I'm pretty good and I'm gonna go right in because I deserve it. If that is your mindset and that is your system to get to heaven, listen to me, you have made up that system. So you are basing your entire eternity on a system that you have fabricated on a system that you said, I think that my goodness will outweigh my bad. I'm a pretty decent person. We'll just see when I get there. In fact, I already know I'm good enough because I'm not like him. I'm not like her. I'm not like them. So I am good enough. And then the third thing, this makes Jesus out to be a liar because Jesus didn't teach that good people go to heaven. In fact, he taught the opposite. He taught that bad people go to heaven. See that tax collector? See that glutton, see that sinner, see that drunkard, see that outcast? They're the ones who inherit the kingdom of God. You remember on the cross between the two criminals? We don't jump into that, but these guys were notorious. Like these guys were the, do you think of the worst criminal you could ever think of in your life? These guys were worse. That's why they were being executed. And one right beside Jesus says, remember me when you come into your kingdom. And Jesus says, today, you Sinner, you wicked, wicked sinner, on your deathbed, today you will be with me in paradise. You will be with me to the most notorious, wicked sinner who did not have any time to get down off the cross that he was being crucified on and make up his goodness to get to heaven. So if you believe that good people go to heaven, you're basically called Jesus a liar because Jesus never taught that. He didn't teach that good, which means this, you have made up that system and you have made up your standard of goodness. 
And that's a very scary and dangerous play if you're leaving that to chance, whether you get to a place that you believe that's called heaven. So the thought that I am good enough to go to heaven, listen to me, it's false and it's 100% false. But then what about the other camp? What about the other group of people? Well, then I'll never be good enough to go to heaven. Because if good people don't go to heaven, you don't know where I've come from. Like, I'm not good enough to get there. And the reality is, you're right. And the reality is, that's true. You'll never be good enough to get to heaven, ever, ever. I don't care how much you read your Bible, I don't care how much you come to church, I don't care how much you give and how generous you are, you will never in your works be good enough to earn to get to heaven, and that is true. But that also is the problem, and how do you get there? Because listen to me, listen to what Romans 3.23 says. For everyone has sinned and fallen short of the glorious standard of God. Everyone's fallen short. That word fallen short is an archery term. It's a picture of someone taking their bow and their arrow and they're aiming at the target and they pull the, the bow back and they shoot the arrow. This is what the picture is, what that Greek word shows. As they shoot the arrow, the arrow falls short and misses the mark. You'll never be a bullseye. Some of you think you're a bullseye. And that's the problem because you think you're good. You'll never hit the mark. Some of you may go further, some of you may get closer to the bullseye, but you'll never hit the standard. Every one of us, according to the scriptures, will fall short of God's standard. You'll never be good enough. He goes on and says, Paul, in Romans 3.10, as the scripture says, no one is righteous, not even one. Sorry, Mr. Bloomberg, that includes you. No one's righteous. I don't care what kind of philanthropist is. I don't care how much money you give, how generous and how good you help the poor. No one's good. Whether you have the title pastor, not have pastor, whatever you're, no righteous one. No one is good. Romans 3.20. For no one can ever be made right with God by doing what the law commands. You can't even keep goodness. You can't even be goodness. The law simply shows you how sinful you are. When we read the Bible, we go, whoa, I'm not good enough. So what do you do? How do you fix that? I love the parable that Jesus talked about here in Luke 18. I'm gonna read this to you because this is a picture of what a lot of Americans believe about their goodness. And then I wanna show you a beautiful picture here of someone who doesn't believe they're good enough and what they do. I'm just gonna read the text. Verse nine, then Jesus told this story to some who who had great confidence in their own righteousness. And they looked down, they scorned everyone else. Two men, they went to the temple, they went to church, they went to pray. One was a Pharisee, remember he's good. The other one was a despised tax collector, the worst of the worst sinners. Verse 11, the Pharisee stood by himself and he prayed this, I thank God that I'm not like other people. I'm not like the cheaters, I'm not like the sinner, I'm not like the adulterer. I'm certainly not like that tax collector over there. Why? Look how good I am. I fast twice a week. I tithe a tenth of all my income. I give 10%. I tithe. Surely he's going to go to heaven. But the tax collector stood at a distance who couldn't even walk into the presence, didn't even want to walk into the temple because how holy it would be. Stood at a distance and dare not even lift up his eyes to heaven because he was so unworthy to even pray. Instead, he beat his chest in sorrow 
which is a sign of repentance and humility in this time and in this culture. And he says, oh God, be merciful to me for I am a sinner. Someone who knows I will never be good enough to be in your presence. I will never be good enough to come into the temple. I will never be as good as that Pharisee. So God, would you just have mercy on me when I enter into your kingdom? Because man, I'm a sinner. And then listen to what Jesus says. I tell you, the sinner, the sinner, the tax collector, not the Pharisee, not the good one, not the one who goes to church and fasts and prays and tithes and does all the good things. Not that those things are good. He's putting his faith in his goodness and his work and that's the wrong system to get to heaven. And so many people do this. The Pharisee returned home. He goes, I tell you, the sinner, not the Pharisee, returned home justified before God. For those, he said, who exalts themselves who thinks they're good enough. I will get there and I will bypass the pearly gates and I will not be interviewed because I have earned my due, I've paid my dues, I'm gonna bypass and go straight to heaven. Those, he will humble. But those who humble themselves as sinners and realize there's no way I can do it, I will never be good enough. Those, <laughs> I will save and I will exalt. See, Jesus never taught that good people go to heaven. Jesus taught that forgiven people go to heaven. And that, my friend, is a huge difference. In fact, I'm gonna share a story with you. Some of you know that we have an outreach to Belgrove. It's a couple guys in our church, they go and lead this. They meet with these guys. They show the sermon from today at the organization. This past Thursday, we had 11 people give their life to Jesus to the ministry there at Belgrove. It's amazing. I wanna share with you one of the guy's story. His name is Josh. Check this out. And you're growing up, you wonder what you're gonna do. Well, for a lot of people that was true, but I knew what I was gonna do. When I was probably uh, uh, 13 or 14 years old, I was gonna be a state trooper. The most impactful assignment that I had with the state police was I worked 10 years in a drug enforcement special investigation session. And it was that time that God put a calling on my heart. And it was uh, one incident that, that really happened in an investigation that we had that, that just absolutely just rocked my world. Uh, we were involved in a drug investigation which led to uh, uh, an individual who was, uh, who was shot and killed. That moment before he, he died, uh, I looked at him and, uh, and God spoke to my heart and he said, Warren, he doesn't know, he doesn't know me. And I knew that God had a purpose for me that day to see that. He had a purpose for me to put in my heart that, that uh, I've placed you in this position. I've placed you here uh, for a reason, and, and that reason being that I want you to reach those who are in addictions. My parents, they were more like friends than uh, uh, they were parents. So they started using with me from a young age. So that carried uh, along with me through school when I was always getting in trouble at school until I got sent off to the Rainy Step home. Then I, 
started using uh, uh, heroin and uh, uh, pills, and I was an IV user. From the time I was, uh, I don't know, 17 to, to 27, I really didn't have any consequences from, from my actions. I finally got in trouble. Um, I would have to do five years probation on a seven-year sentence as long as I completed long-term treatment. I went to rehab, and that's when I first started hearing about God and how God can help people through, through the 12 steps of recovery. But I didn't know who Jesus was. I hadn't developed a relationship with Jesus, so um, I ended up relapsing one day, and they actually came to the rehab and arrested me. And so I go back to jail, and I'm sitting in there, and these guys started coming to, uh, to the jail talking to us about about Jesus and about the Bible. And I just noticed that they had this peace about them that, that I really wanted. My plan was really to, to go back home and my friends in there were like, listen here, man, you need, to, you need a little bit more help. Why don't you try to, to go to this faith-based treatment in Bell Grove Springs? My second day there is whenever uh, Warren came in and shared the sermon. I noticed that Warren had this peace about him too. And it, I was like, man, that's something that I, that I really want. One Sunday, I uh, saw a group of guys come in, they were from MIC, the Mohan Inspiration Center. And I got talking to a few of them, and, and it was like God speaking to me, saying, this is the kind of guys that I want you to go to. They need to hear about Jesus. I, I prayed and prayed about this. I said, God, if that's where you want me to go, show me how to do it. You know, give me the ability and open the doors for me. A couple, three Sundays after I had went to MIC and, and wasn't allowed to go in there, and, and uh, uh, there's some guys came to church, and uh, I asked them where they were from, and, and the guy said, Belgrove. And I said, what's Belgrove? And he said, well, I, I, you need to talk to the guy that's with us. And I sort of gave him a, a little spiel about what I would like to do if they would allow us. And I'll be honest with you, I was expecting to hear something like, well, let's, let us think about it. Uh, let me get with some people and see if we can work something out. But immediately he looked at me and goes, when do you want to come? It's been absolutely amazing. I, I, I get blown away. Every week, I see things happening. Every week, I see men's lives are changed. I see, I see, for a better lack of words, I see the light coming on. I just remember at the edge, of, or at the end of that sermon, I was at the edge of my seat listening to Pastor Daniel talk about, I don't know, how Christians were like, like look weird. And that's how I always thought that Christians looked to me was, 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 was kind of weird, but it's like the peace and the joy more than anything. That's something that I that I'd always wanted is if it wasn't for guys like Warren coming in and talking to me. And there I would not be where I'm sitting today because I got to see him talk about the love of Jesus and um, just how he carried himself and how he just loved us right where we were at, which is something that I never really experienced before. So that's when I started uh, to pray and get into the word a lot more and uh, I remember I was outside on the porch of Belgrove Springs, uh, praying and uh, reading and meditating. And that's whenever I finally felt the presence of God come over me. And uh, it was just love more than anything. I heard him speak saying, say, uh, I've called you to love and I and I love you and look around you, I'll give you all, all this and I just want you to love. And I was like, wow, and everything just started making sense. I stayed and I completed the program and uh, I went on to intern there, and then next thing you know, I'm applying for positions uh, uh, at, at rehabs because I just know that that's what God wanted me to do was share my story with other people. It's weird, I share my story with a lot of guys at work, and they just look at me like, man, I would never imagine that you were ever like that. I'm like, 
It's all Jesus, man, all Jesus. Every week when I go, uh, I see miracles in the making. I see God creating opportunities in, in these men's lives. I've seen, I've seen families change. And I, I'm just so thankful that, man, I, I got to be a part of that. I, I got to see it. I, I got to experience it. I'm thankful that I had a pastor that looked at me and said, what are you waiting for? Go do it. God is just waiting to use people as a conduit. I mean, our church gave truth to a man and it impacted his life. My goodness, you know, we are truly giving through the church, making an impact on this world and our communities. My problem was I tried to control my, my life and I tried to play God. Man, I know today that I need Jesus. I need all the help that I can get because I've been trying to do this on my own my whole entire life. I've tried to quit drugs on my own. I've tried to um, change on my own. And uh, I can't do it, man. Christ died for him just like he died for anyone else. Doesn't matter who you are or what you've done. Doesn't matter how far down the, the road of sin you think you've gone. You cannot out sin God's forgiveness. And when you see the guys that finally they come to the understanding, you, you'll see transformation. I won't have peace unless I, I receive forgiveness myself, and I, I won't have the peace unless I can forgive other people. I mean, if God can forgive me, how can I not forgive myself? If, if He can forgive somebody like Paul, and He can use Paul to write 13 books in the New Testament, why can't He forgive someone like me? He can, I just have to believe that. Our enemy, man, He came to steal, kill, and destroy. But our Savior, man, He came to give us a better life, an abundant life. And that's just not for just a special few, it's for all of us. Out of all the religions in the world, Christianity is the fairest system in an unfair and unjust world because Christianity is not about being good, it's about being forgiven. And I, I, want, I want to close with this, and I'm going to share with you why. It's the fairest. If you're even in a fair, good, or good enough game. And let me tell you why Christianity is amazing. Because it's not about a religion. It's about a relationship. It's about a relationship with your heavenly Father, with God himself, the creator of the universe. And I... I and this is why this system is so fair. One, everyone's welcomed. Everyone. No matter where you've done, where you've come from, no matter what color skin you have, no matter what nationality you are, no matter what generation you were born into, everyone is welcome. Everyone. Good, bad, all in between, everyone is welcome into a relationship with God himself. Listen to what Romans 10, 13 says. For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. That includes the most wicked sinner ever to even the person who believes they're good. You know, when I met my wife, you know, you, I was just radically saved. And then a week later after I was saved, I met my wife. And of course, if you knew me from my past, you knew that I would, you know, I needed to be saved. I needed a savior because I was that hellion. I was that kid. 
And my wife one day looked at me and she said, you know what, I don't have a story like you. I don't have a, a testimony like you. I think I was talking about her sharing her story, her testimony. And you gotta understand, you know, here's this hellion meets this angel. She's not even said a cuss word in her entire life. You know what I'm saying? Like this, like this is how in the world, like this completely opposite. And she said, I don't have a story like you. And I looked at her and I said, honey, your story is more powerful than mine. See, everyone would look at my life and they knew I needed a savior. But you know what the crazy thing is? Even in your goodness, honey, you still needed to be saved. Though you were born in the back pew of the church and you've been in church your entire life and you heard about Jesus and you got saved when you were five years old. Listen, even in your goodness, you still needed to be saved. So honey, I believe your testimony is even stronger than mine. Why? Because whoever calls on his name will be saved. You know why Christianity is so fair and from everything else? It's because everyone gets in the same way. Everyone comes in the same way. You don't have to worry about the standard. Am I good enough? Do I meet the measure stick? Did I have enough? Faith? Did I, how, how? Everyone gets in the exact same way. Think about it. You have a father, a heavenly father, a creator of the universe says, if you want to get to heaven, here's the way, here's the standard. Come on. Everyone's welcome. Well, you don't know what I've said. Come on. You don't know what I've done. Come on. I'm going to show you how fair. I'm going to tell you the way. I'm going to point you how you get an A on the test. Do you want it? He says in John 14, 6, he says, Jesus told them, I am the way. I am the truth. I am the life. Jesus didn't say, I'm a good way. Jesus didn't even say, I'm the best way. He says, I am the only way. It's a narrow path. It's so narrow so you wouldn't miss it. This is the way. No one can come to the Father in heaven except through me. This is the way. And then here's the good one. Everyone can meet the requirement. Everyone can meet the standard. What do you mean by that? John 3, 16. For this is how God loved the world. He gave his one and only son. Now watch this. Whoever believes. It is the belief and the faith in Jesus that makes you right with God. Not your goodness not your works, not your attendance, it's your faith and your belief in Him. For whoever believes in Him will be saved. So think about this, everyone's welcome, everyone gets in the same way and use the requirement, believe. Is that unfair? Not knowing if I'm good or good enough or maybe when I get there that God won't recognize because I didn't. That's not fair, God. Why? That's an unfair system, God, you would put me in. How do I know? If you love me, then how do I know the standard? And you said you wanted to spend it. How do I know? That's an unfair God if you were to do that. But he didn't. He said, here's the way. Everyone's welcome. Come as you are. You just gotta believe. See how fair it is? And when you think about this, and here's how, I, for the longest time of my life, 
Now, as a Christian, I feel like that's not fair because it should cost me something. I've turned my back on God and ran from God. It should, I, I've sinned against God, so it should cost me something. I gotta earn, I gotta pay something back to God because it's just not fair. It's just like too easy. I just gotta believe and all my sins are forgiven. You mean I just gotta believe and I get to go to heaven? You mean, how can I earn it back, God? How can I work it back off? How can I, how can I earn favor back with you again? And when I realized, I can. And that's not what God wanted me to do. And that's not what God wants me to do. And you would say, well, that's not fair. That's called grace. And that's how much God loves you. So the question is, are you gonna put your faith in your goodness? And you come up some system of fabricating what's the standard for you? Or are you gonna trust God and say, God, thank you for making the way. Thank you for showing me the way. Thank you for telling me how I can get an A even before I take the test. And it's through your son. How do I do that? Believe and receive and you will be saved. So here's the promise as we end this series that you can stand on. You can be forgiven. All you have to do is believe. I'm gonna ask if you would just to bow your heads just for a moment. Whether you're watching online or you're in person this morning, where have you put your belief system in? Your goodness? Your works? Your church attendance? Your Bible reading? Like, what have you put, like, I'm good because of Here's the way you can figure that out. God will let me into heaven because of blank. And if the first words out of your mouth is because I, you missed it. Because I go to church, because I'm a good person, because I read my Bible. Let me tell you why you go to heaven. It's because you put your faith in Jesus. And if that is wrong, if you've got that messed up, today's the day for you to make it right. Today's the day of salvation. Today's the day you can say, God, I've been putting my faith and my goodness and my works and I've missed it. But God, today I'm gonna put my faith and I'm gonna put my trust in you. I don't earn it. I can't deserve it. But you and your grace poured it out on me. For it is by grace that we are saved. And if that's you, whether you're watching online or in person, today you can give your life to Jesus who pointed out the way who showed you how to get to a place called heaven and the Bible says that if we will confess with our mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in our heart watch this no matter who you are where you come from you will be saved so why don't you do that right now saying a prayer is not what saves you but your lips can proclaim what your heart declares and right now whether you're watching online or one of our locations, if that's you right now, I want you to pray with me. And I want you to say, Jesus, I believe. I believe you came for me. I believe you died for me. And I believe you got up out of the grave for me. And as best as I know how, God, I repent of my sin. 
and I'm gonna put my faith in you and what you did for me on the cross. When you said it is finished, you finished it. And I don't have to work for it. Thank you for your grace. And thank you for your mercy. Now help me follow you all the days of my life. Now obviously if you're watching online, you really can't show me at this point, but at both of our locations, and maybe you can type this in the chat, let us know. But if that's you and you just pray that with me, here's what I want you, I want you to do something pretty bold. I want you to let me know right now and say, Pastor, I just wanna let you know, today I gave my life to Jesus. If that is you, would you just raise your hand? Just raise it up, come on, raise it up. Sweet, awesome, anybody else? Come on. If you're online, type in the chat, type right now in the chat, let us know. Uh, Pastor Adam's gonna come out in a minute and give you a number you can text to saves so we can know and rejoice with you that you're crossing from death to life. Father, we thank you so much for your word and we thank you for clarity. That God, that you didn't leave us out to draw. That God, you let us know there's no way we can earn our way to heaven. You told us that. We recognize that. So God, you sent your son to take our place because we would never be good enough. But what the good work did on the cross, when Jesus said it was finished, it paid the way now, a bridge for us, God, to get to you because you came to us. And now, God, thank you for pointing the way. Thank you for showing us the way. Thank you for showing us the requirement that we just must believe. Thank you right now for those who just raised their hand who got saved, Lord. And we pray for many more who at some point will hear and watch this. For it's your name we ask and we pray. Amen.